What if there was a different way to live and work beyond the hustle and hype, beyond the never ending race to get more, do more, be more, a way that's nourishing, grounded, creative, and aligned with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Alchemy in Action with me, your host, Amanda Cook. In each episode, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. Join me to create a life and work that truly fit you, infused with meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. This week, we've got part two of my conversation with Sister Mixins, Tracy, and Joe. So if you missed part one, you'll really want to go back and listen to episode 155, where we're talking about how they created their business, how they have a blend of physical and digital and multi-level marketing products in their business, and much more. Also, at the end of that interview, we started talking about building community, and that's what we're going into in part two. We're talking here all about a horrible incident that was really transformative to their business, on the technical side, uh, which actually ended up skyrocketing their community. So they'll share that really painful experience. And then also a lot more on Facebook Live and audience engagement and how to really build an audience that isn't just numbers. It's people that know you and like you and trust you and want to engage with you. So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Tracy and Joe from Sister Mixon. As always, you can get all the links to everything we talk about in the show notes at wellpreneuronline.com. So let's jump into this conversation with Tracy and Joe. Okay, and we're back with Joe and Tracy, because after we hung up the call, there was all this other amazing stuff we wanted to keep talking about. So thank you, ladies, for being willing to stay on and keep talking about us. So we want to talk about your amazing community, because at the end of our first interview, you were talking about we were talking about how much you engage with your audience. So you're emailing them three times a week, you're doing Facebook lives, you're doing webinars. And that connection with your audience is what's really driven your web traffic to like 200,000 page views a month and really helps you to build your revenue. So yeah, I'd love it if you could just share with me, like take us back to that story you were just telling me about that turning point you hit with your business. Okay. Do you want to do it, Joe? Okay. All right. (laughs) I need to breathe because it gives me anxiety thinking about it. Okay. So in January of 2016, our website was deleted by our host. So to take their website was deleted by web totally gone. Like there was nothing left. And that's the the, your web host is like the professionals that you're paying to keep your website up, and they deleted it. Exactly. (laughs) So our website at the time was generating around 100,000 views a month. We had well over 200 recipes, free recipes on our website. We had endless blog posts. We had our physical product store on our website. Yeah. We were Google ranked number one. Sorry, Joda Buddy. We were Google ranked number one for certain recipes. There was about four recipes that we were Google ranking number one. And we had blog posts that had been shared via um, massive major mainstream websites like uh, KidSpot and we'd been interviewed on radio stations and Daily Mail and different things. So, yeah, that was all gone. All gone. All so gone. what happened was our website wasn't uh, – we couldn't do a backup. It kept timing out. 
So we said to our host, we need to do a backup. We need you to fix this. Sure, no worries. We'll fix it. You just need to pay a $24.95 fee and we just need to transfer your data to a better plan, a better whatever, and we can fix it for you. We said, great. We paid the money. And what they did was they transferred our data. It didn't transfer right. They didn't check that it hadn't been transferred correctly and then deleted our old website before double checking that it had gone across. Mm-hmm. So um, at about uh, 3 p.m., I was trying to get on the website. We were having a lot of Facebook messages come in as the website gone down. And I rang our IT guy and I said, we were having a lot of trouble with the host for a, a good amount of weeks. So I rang our IT guy. I said, I think the host is stuffed up again. Um, our website's down. He said, this doesn't look good. I think you need to get back on the phone to your host and see what's going on. Well, at the end of the day, it was deleted. It was gone. There was no backup. There was nothing anybody could do. And, you know, the grief started coming in. I was, I just could not stop crying when Tracy was angry. (laughs) So, and at this point, did you, were you working full time on the business or were you both still, you still had jobs? We both both still had jobs. Yeah. 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 And so, and you'd put so much time and effort, like you said, you had the physical product shop, you had what, it'd been a couple of years or at least how long it had been of content that you'd had on the site at that point? About a year and a half. Right. That's yeah, a lot of work that's just disappeared. Suddenly. Oh, it was. And it was more than just that. It was our blood, sweat and tears, like you said. And, you know, we'd really put our heart and soul into it. We knew we were gaining momentum. And for it just to be ripped out from underneath us was really devastating. And like Joe said, I went to pure anger. Like I was mad at everything. And Joe was just in tears. And then... We swapped over roles after about three days. I would couldn't <laughs> stop crying, and then Joe got really angry. <laughs> yeah. And during that period, it was, "What do we do? Oh God!" I... And but do you know what the biggest thing was? We had just released our first round of additive free made easy, which was our signature program. I had our to, e-course. Our e-course, yeah. And we had spent months writing this e-course with interviews. We had interviewed uh, really top name wellness advocates in Australia. And it, that was all gone because it was linked to our website. So that got deleted along with it. We had 300 oh. people. 300 people had paid to be in that e-course and that all paid, what, was $140-odd, $147. And do you know what, though? Not one single person asked for their money back. Not one. Our audience are amazing. Like they are the mm. best audience in the whole entire world. We got the course back up and running within a couple of weeks. Luckily, that was all in Dropbox. So we spent hours and hours and hours and hours putting all that back in. We had followers that were emailing us, what can I do to help? We recruited some of them in, gave them our passwords and said, here, can you load these recipes back into the website? Can you do this? We put a call. Joe actually did a video on Facebook Live and put a call out and said, this is what's happened. The influx of support was insane like nothing we, we knew we had an audience we had so many followers 30 odd thousand on Facebook we knew there were people that were going to our recipes and checking things out but that day was ridiculously to say it was probably one of the best days of our lives as in mm. the, the turnaround the support 
the difference in our community from that day on has been totally, it's been totally different. I don't recommend people go and delete their website, let me say, but I recommend mm. people interact with their community much more and that's yeah. what we've done ever And you were saying mm. people were even actually going out to like the Google archives and screenshotting recipes mm. and things so you mm. could load them, right? So when I posted the video, and I'm looking at it now, makes me want to cry. It was titled, A Few of You May Be Wondering Where Our Website Has Gone, dot, dot, dot. And I posted a video and I was really upset. I was crying and, you know, I I told everyone what had happened. And I said that, guys, if you've got any screenshots of our recipes, can you send them in to us? Because, you know, we've got some recipes that we've handwritten down when we were creating them, but, you know, it'd be easier if you could screenshot them in. And that was shared thousands of times throughout lots of different groups that run the same similar businesses to what we do. And, you know, it was viewed, well, I'm looking at it now, it's viewed over 27,000 times. And what happened was people sat up until 1 a.m., 2 a.m., um, screenshotting recipes from the Google cache. So Google deleted the cache about two days out from our website that was deleted. And our IT guy said to us, get on the cache, screenshot as much as you can, because as soon as Google realizes that your website's gone, your cache will be gone. So they were doing that for us. We had another, some people, what we did was we set up a temporary Shopify store because that was our only income stream. And we had people setting that store up for us. I mean, what were you guys thinking? So the website goes down and some part of you must have been like, you know what? Maybe this is a sign from the universe. Like yeah. it's time to stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did that did, did that come up? Yeah. For about we, a millisecond. <laughs> yeah. But we we did say it to each other. We went, oh, maybe this is it. And then we went, stuff that. There is no way these dicks are beating us. So we um we just fought back and we went, we, can I, can I swear, this is what we said, we are going to smash the shit out of 2016. And we came back with a vengeance. So, but like, I get upset thinking about it because we just came back and just loved we put what we did everything so we much. had. Yeah, mm-hmm. we put everything we had into it. We knew we had an audience. We knew we had this support. And I think if we hadn't have had that influx of support, it would have been really easy to to quit, I guess. And quitting wouldn't have been... Quitting is probably not the right word. It would have been really easy to just let it go because it wasn't like we quit. Like we were devastated, like our website had gone and there was no coming back. We had to rebuild everything from scratch. So it wouldn't have felt like we quit, but it would have been really easy to not come back. Mm-hmm. But when we had this support and we had also, we also had this e-course that, that they'd done like two weeks in, the they have a little um, private Facebook group that you can only be in if you've accessed the course, if you've been in the course. So even in that, they were like, oh, please, like, we've learned so much already. And oh, my God, this is amazing. And oh, wow, you know, so their lives were changing. And we couldn't give that up. Like, we couldn't say to someone, oh, sorry, we can't help you anymore, because this happened. It's just not in our personalities to do that. So we just knew that, that we were making lives change or, you know, making a difference in people's lives, I guess. So, and to, to not continue on that journey would have been, it just wouldn't have happened. We just couldn't do that. So the moral, one of the morals of the story is back up your website and make sure that it's being backed up. Right. But it seems like as horrible as that was, actually, that was a real turning point in your business and really a compelling event that 
connected you even more strongly with your audience. It really was. We went down the legal path. People often say to us, oh, why didn't you sue them and blah, blah. So we had been saying to them for a good couple of months, we can't back up, we can't back up. It's not working. It's not working. It won't let us back up, blah, blah, blah. So we had this record that they knew that that's what we couldn't do. Like we we had an we pay an IT guy, he couldn't get it to work. We couldn't do this, perform this backup. So that we had this record of of the, the history of of our issue, I guess. So we did go down the legal path, but it was draining our energy so badly that we weren't focusing on anything but that. And then one, I. A really close friend of mine, her husband is a lawyer and we were seeing him pro bono and he sort of said to me one day, look, Trace, here's the deal. Yes, we can go to court, but, you know, yes, you probably will win, but we really don't know. It's still 50-50, you know, like it's court. Like you just don't know how the dice is going to roll. And when I came out of that, I rang Joe on the way home. I said, look, I just think we leave it. I just think we just drop the legal thing and we just get back to what we want to do and that is recreate our website. And when we did that, we both slept like angels that night. We both just, this weight shifted and left our shoulders and then we focused everything and that's when we decided that was our pivotal moment again. Like I guess there were two, you know, it was, yeah, we we just knew we had to come back and help and continue to help. So you were saying that actually after you rebuilt the website, it seems like that was, it really grew, your audience really started growing. Mm. You then, what, doubled the number of page views you were getting, like up to 200,000 mm. or 200,000, yeah, page views a month, which like, what do you think is the cause of that? Because that's really great web traffic. Like, were you doing something with SEO or what was happening to make that happen? No, no I didn't even know <laughs> SEO existed. <laughs> <laughs> we still don't do anything with SEO. Just I kind of put a keyword in there every now and then, but I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. So what we do is we just provide a service that is outstanding and we don't even realise that it's outstanding, but it actually is. We do a lot of Facebook Lives. Uh, we do at least a few a week. We do a lot of webinars. We do, we're always there for our community. We probably spend way too much time answering questions, answering comments. We never leave anyone to feel like they're alone. And when, especially when you're going at it, even preservative free or when you're facing health troubles or, you know, our core business issue, we don't want people to feel like they're all alone. So we're, we are the ones answering comments and staying up late and just providing a service that makes people feel special. I think it's important to note that there are two of us. So clearly we can get double the amount done than a single entrepreneur doing it. So, you know, don't try and compare yourselves to what we have achieved because there are two of us. And I don't say that to blow wind up my butt, but we have achieved a lot because there are two of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because you're right. You <laughs> yeah. can get, you can like divide and conquer and get a lot more done. Yeah. Um, I want to yeah, talk with you true. about Facebook lives because that's, that's a really cool way to connect with your audience. So I wonder if you could share some of your tips and, you know, tips and tricks you've learned about how to best use Facebook Live. Just be normal. Just be natural. We were saying um, off air just before that our mum often says to us, oh, I just wish you'd dress up just a little bit more and maybe just don't, not in your gym gear as often. And, you know, it's like, mum, that's who we are. Like, if that's who we are, why would we be somebody else? That's what our audience is loving. They're loving the reality of it. 
that is the best part about Facebook Live. If I'm sitting in the car waiting for my kids at school and I decide to go Facebook Live and talk about how much I hate waiting for my kids at school, that's what I want to do, you know. And if Joe's in the kitchen and, and a toddler comes in and he smashes a bowl, which has happened, mm-hmm. <laughs> Facebook Live, that's reality of life. And if we can do it and show this is who we are, and look, we are just everyday normal people sitting in our gym gear podcasting with you, anyone else can live our life. Like you don't have to be superhuman or special like because we're not. We're just two everyday mums. And we're happy to share that with everybody and not pretend that we're somebody else. Oh, mm-hmm. that's so freeing. Because I think a lot of people, especially when they're just getting started, you know, they look at the big, like the big names online and they think, oh, um, you know, she's so polished and pulled together. She has like this set or like this great lighting. And you feel like you might need that to get started. But actually, uh-huh. you totally do not. You just need to put yourself out there. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and people totally. respond best to that. I think if we set up and it's staged don't get me wrong like my kitchen's really dark and every now and then I will pull out my light because my kitchen is really dark and I want to be able to see but I don't do it to make the lighting better if that makes sense Mm -hmm. to make my skin glow or you know like I'm still in my gym gear and you know like I'm still just going Facebook live as I have a really dark kitchen do you like put your phones on a tripod do you have any do you use any sort of oh god what is it like you should see some of the setups we've had it's hilarious (laughs) We do have a tripod most yeah. of the time. Well, most of the time. Sometimes it's holding it. You know, sometimes we do set up as well. Like if I'm hosting a doTERRA Facebook Live and I have a set plan on what I want the Facebook Live to be about, you know, and I am trying to promote whatever, sometimes we do have it set up, you know, and planned and we have the good lighting and it's a proper um, set up. I'm not going to say, I was going to say proper Facebook Live, but there's no proper Facebook Live. And then other times, yeah, we could just be holding it. And then other times it might be on a tripod. I was camping last week for Easter and I did quite a few Facebook Lives camping on how to eat additive free when camping. And I just went around the camp uh, kitchen and just showed what snacks I had and what I was cooking for dinner. I had a grilled salmon going on in the in the cooker thing and I just sort of walked around and then I did a Facebook Live on essential oils that I've taken camping and I had my phone set up on a Connect4 box on a Pictionary. There was Connect4 Pictionary, then there was a doTERRA box and then I'd like put this pillow behind like so no tripod happening. (laughs) So it was, it worked. I was in the tent I had my swimmers on. I was about to go to the beach. I had a, like a, a thing over the top of my swimmers, but just real, just real, a real person. Mm-hmm. And do you like worry about what time it is when you do it? Like, do you try to do it at a time where most of your audience is online or you just figure they'll watch the replays? It depends what the Facebook Live's about. If it's a structured Facebook Live and we have a certain purpose for it, then yes, it's it's at a time that's convenient to our audience generally, but it also has to be convenient to us. And if it's just a, a wing it, like, you know, we've come in and I've decided, oh, I'm going to make some biscuits today and I might as well do it Facebook Live. Then we just wing it and you just do it Facebook Live and it's just the raw material. <laughs> Are you broadcasting, you do the Facebook Live to your page or to your personal profiles or to a group? Because a lot of people wonder that is where should they do it? To the Facebook page mostly. So we do have a couple of chat groups. We have an, a doTERRA group called Systemic Sense Oily Tribe. 
And if it's doTERRA focused, then generally it will be in that group. But if it's, it kind of depends what it is, I guess. Mostly to our systemics and main Facebook page, though. Right, because that's going to get the widest reach, right? Because if you do it yeah. in a group, it's only the people of the group that see it. Whereas on the yeah. page, people could share it. That's exactly mm. right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm curious. One thing that I hear a lot in the audience um, of listeners and wellpreneurs, a lot of people are just getting started. And if you can kind of remember back to when you were just starting with Sister Mixing, you know, and you're publishing content or you're doing your first Facebook Lives and like, you just don't really have that many people that know about you yet. Mm -hmm. Do you have any like kind of advice or tips or how did you get through that period and keep going and, and what really caused you to start growing? Okay, I can take this one. I'm about to host a training session for our essential oil um, clan on social media hints and tips. So when you first start, I think you do need to reach out to your private Facebook friends list and see if they will like your page and, you know, try and get your friends and family involved, see if they'll share it for you. But I think the main thing is you need to be consistent. So Facebook will see when your likers are coming in or when you're getting more likes, and then it will generate out, the algorithm will generate out a lot better. So when you're posting consistently, then you're getting more likes, you're getting more, you know, emojis, you're getting maybe some shares. That's when the ball will start rolling. So you really need to try and get that ball rolling in order for it to grow like a snowball. You know, it starts off really small and then the snow sticks and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. But I think you just need to keep going. Like you can't get disheartened with social media because you'll you'll just give up. Even now we have periods where we might get a couple of hundred new likers a day and then it might be a couple of weeks before we get a few. So it really just depends on what Facebook are doing. And I think it would do your head in if you tried to figure out how Facebook worked because it changes every single day. But I think the main thing is you just need to be consistent and offer your community really good content. So your, some of your best content needs to be for free. And it goes back to what we do with our recipes is by putting all our recipe onto a Facebook post. We don't put the link to our website. So we put the content where people want to read it. Like people want to read there and then. They don't want to be going through to links. Now, I know links are a must, especially when, you know, we're promoting our e-course or we're promoting whatever. Like we still have links in our Facebook posts. But when we can provide that free content just on the one platform, then we do. Oh, no, I was just going to say as well, the other thing that when we first started out, we were hanging out where our audience was. So yeah. we joined some Thermomix groups. So we have a, a lot of our recipes are done with a Thermomix, which is a cooking appliance, and we joined Thermomix groups. So if someone said, oh, does anybody know a great scone recipe? We would share our recipe. Does anybody know how to make tomato sauce? We would share our sauce recipe. So there would be 30 other people sharing a different recipe, but ours would be there as well. So we grew our audience that way as well. And, it, and we weren't spamming anything no. at all. Like we weren't over, you know, but if someone asked or does anyone know, you know, what this, how do I do this? We would reply. So we were hanging out where our audience was and then just from that organically growing our own audience as well. 
Yeah. Awesome. I'm glad you mentioned that like you were replying to people's questions because so we've got a Wellpreneur community Facebook group for the people that listen to the podcast. And as anybody out there who has a Facebook group knows, you get all these people who join and then they just like come in and link bomb. So people mm-hmm. just seem to join to want to come in and post about their product or their, um, their, you uh, know, their latest course, their latest blog post. And we just delete them. I mean, it's just not yep. in the spirit of community and it's not effective. So I yep. know a lot of people say, yes, go where your audience is. That's totally true. Join Facebook groups where your audience is. That totally works. But the nuance is you have to actually be engaging with those groups, yeah. like responding to people, not just dropping in once a week and like spamming all your stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah, so, no, it was definitely, how do I fix this? You know, what should I swap this for in this recipe? And And one of us, you know, if we saw it, like it wasn't every day we weren't bombarding these people, but maybe once a week or even once every two weeks, we would jump into that particular group and just go, okay, I'll answer sort of five questions. And then, you know, and then just go out of the group again, you know, like just kind of not go back in there for another couple of weeks. So we definitely weren't spamming because that, yeah, like you said, that's not cool. But um, but yeah, we yeah. were hanging out in those places. Another thing we did as well was we ran a lot of giveaways. So although it cost us money, it, it, brought more traffic to our website. So we were basically paying for traffic to our website. And we contacted the bigger companies, the bigger or bloggers, I suppose, and offered to give away a pack of, I don't know, something we had in our in our store. But a condition for them to enter the giveaway was that they needed to like our Facebook page or something like that. So we didn't have a big budget. Um, we didn't have any budget, but you know, we would spend a, a, a money from our products by giveaways as well. Now, do you guys do anything now with Facebook ads or have you? Yeah, yeah. we do a lot with we Facebook now. ads now. Yeah. So we uh, we do a range of different things. It depends what we have going. We obviously we spend a lot more money when we have our e-course launching. We have Facebook ads when we run a webinar. You know, we do target certain audiences and the great thing about doing Facebook Live as well is you can target your videos on Facebook. So this has been something that's been really powerful for us lately. So for any essential oil Facebook Live videos, well, when we're running an essential oil webinar or we're running an essential oil workshop face-to-face, we will target those people that have watched our essential oil Facebook Lives. When we're running a, a round of our e-course additive free made easy we will target people who have watched any facebook lives we've done on additive free stuff so it's been yeah really really great that we've got all those videos there because we can target those people now Mm -hmm. now swinging back to community for a second i'm curious like people always say in marketing we say like well build an audience and like ask your audience what they want to know And they'll tell you what you need to create, what you need to write about, what you should be doing videos and content on. How has that worked for you guys? How how do you find out what your audience actually wants to hear about? Or do you just talk about what you want to talk about? How do you do that? Um, Most of the time it was, I think when we first started, we spoke about what we were interested in, I guess. For us, it's a little different with recipes, I guess. So people are always looking for new recipes. And the Thermomix appliance that we use is quite a small niche. I, again, like so we kind of had our own little niche to start off with and specifically additive and preservative free. So our audience, we kind of already knew if they're going to like a Facebook page that talks about additives and preservatives and they use a Thermomix, 
that's kind of what they want. You know, we didn't have to have a science degree to figure that out. So we also just backed off that. And then we created a Facebook group. We didn't really do much with the group because groups kind of got a bit of a bad name a couple of years ago. So we sort of just left the group to plot along. But we've gone back into the group a lot more now and we're really trying to build that group up on as much as our page up. Awesome. So what anything else you want to share about community? I know you had so many ideas about, about like really wanting to get across. So anything else that comes up? I think you just need... The, I don't know. Like, I think it's just really important to be there for them. Um, but be true to yourself as well. Like, you know, we've had issues of Tracy and I where we've worked too much ourselves and then mm. the family suffers and the husband suffers and the kids suffer and we suffer because we're tired and run down. And, you know, so I think it, it really comes down to being tuned with yourself as well, but follow your passion. So mm. your audience don't be will... scared of your audience, I guess. Sorry, yeah. Jada, butt in. But don't be scared that you're, we were really worried that we were going to offend someone all the time. Oh, we better do that because we, you know, they might not follow us anymore. Well, now we've sort of, and, and not that we're rude, but, but I'm happy to say no, or I'm happy to set boundaries. And I wish we had started that from the start. So I guess if we had have said from the start, you know what, we actually only work nine till two and we'll respond to your message tomorrow. Yeah. That would have been the boundary. Our audience would have gone, yeah, okay, sweet. But because we went in there and we just answered everything when we could, there's two of us, we were always online, that's kind of what they expect now, which mm-hmm. is fine because we we never set that boundary. But I think if you're if you're really clear, don't be scared of your audience and don't be scared of losing a follower because mm-hmm. they don't particularly like what you've done. If they don't like what you've done, they don't like it, it's fine. You're, mm-hmm. you're you, they're following you for a reason just continue to be you and you'll draw the right audience. Yes, that is so true, isn't it? Because I think we all know like in our own lives, sometimes you just unfollow people. And sometimes it's not even that you didn't like what they said. It's just, you know, you've got too many emails in your inbox. So you just unsubscribe, nothing personal. Or sometimes you're just Mm -hmm. like, you know what, I've kind of outgrown this blog or whatever, and you move on. And so I think as the content creators, like you just can't get hung up on, oh my gosh, somebody unsubscribed or I lost a follower. Like, as long as the overall trend is up over time, you're doing something right. Mm. Yeah. You don't need to be, don't be so focused on the numbers either. On the, mm. And don't ever compare yourself to someone else. I know we've gone a bit off topic of content, of um, community, but something we did at the start was we always, not always, but often, oh, well, look what she's doing. Oh, maybe we should do that. Oh, look what, what they're doing. Oh, maybe we should do that. Oh, they're doing so well and we didn't get as many. What we did was we went through our email list and unsubscribed from anyone that had a similar niche to us. And it wasn't personal. It's just we didn't need to know what they were doing. We don't need to know what they were doing. We are doing our thing and let's just run with that. Mm. But as far as community, I think it just goes back to just show up as often as you can, answer as much as you can, be open to criticism, be happy to say no, and just do what you can when you can do it. And your audience will just thrive on that. And be real, like just be real, be the real you. Don't try and be somebody else because they'll see you right straight through it. Mm. And don't do something, yeah, don't do something yet you hate doing. 
either. Just because your community wants it, if you hate doing it, then that's not going to radiate through to your community. Like we'll we'll tell our people, oh, we don't actually offer that, but here you can go and follow that. Like we get asked quite often for, you know, like we don't have a gut health program. So if somebody comes to us and says, oh, I'd love some information on gut health, well, sure, we've got a kombucha recipe and a couple of recipes, but we're not gut health specialists. So here's some people I recommend to go follow. So don't be scared that you might lose a follower because you're not doing something. Just stay true to yourself and that that will be enough. Awesome. You guys are so great. Thank you. I'm super glad we recorded the second part of the interview because <laughs> I, I think that building community is such a key piece that so many uh, wellpreneurs are missing as we're so like self-conscious and holding ourselves back from actually just putting it out there and engaging with people. So uh, thank you so much. So give us your website where everyone can connect with you again and your Facebook group and all the awesome places we can find you. So mostly we hang out on Facebook and Instagram and we're both at Sister Mixon on those. So you can find us just by Sister Mixon and our, our website is just www.systermixon.com. Awesome. Thanks so much, ladies. It's been great. Thanks, Amanda. See ya. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. As always, you can get all of the links of everything we talked about in the show notes, which are available at wellpreneuronline.com. And don't forget, you can come join us in our Wellpreneur Community Facebook group to connect with over 2,000 other podcast listeners. So have a fantastic week, guys, and I will see you back here next week with the next episode. Bye.